Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, November 3, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We got a lot of stuff to go through slash unpack. Let's start with the daily chart. See if anything's jumping off the page at us. You see a horizontal line running through the screen. That was going to be a buy area this morning. There was another buy later in the morning, but if the market dropped to that place inside the numbers, members were locked and loaded at that number. They came up short. They didn't get there. Things unfolded a different way. That's why that line was up there. By the way, keep it on a sticky note. If you find them down there in the morning, it still may be valid inside the number members will have that information at zero dark 30 on an as-needed basis. Let's get back to doing the daily chart assessment. They're below the 20-period moving average. It's an area we mentioned last night, but what's interesting is something way different than that. You'll recall we had two head and shoulders patterns conflicting with each other. One was of the normal regular wave variety that has, and it not was, but still is, and has a $340 give or take target in the SPY. That's still operational and valid despite what kind of bounces we get in the downtrend. The second thing we had was an inverse head and shoulders pattern that would send price to a ultimate target if reached, up in the 390s area. They haven't got there yet. They got to 390 and a little bit of a spike of it, but they did not, and I repeat, did not complete the inverse variety head and shoulders pattern. But wait, there's more. Wait till you see this. And anybody that has any doubt whether the market trades technically sound the majority of the time, take a gander at this one. There's your neckline from the inverse head and shoulders pattern. Here was your left shoulder, here was your head, and then your right shoulder. They busted above, and they've come back for a retest, and there are no accidents nor coincidences, but you will notice they pretty much closed the day on the neckline. How do you like them apples? So here's what we can say from a daily chart perspective and spilling over from an intraday perspective. Staying below or tomorrow on Friday, getting below that neckline begins to open the door for some other stuff. You'll also note when we get to inside the numbers, you'll see a very important number on the board. It was cited as the pivot before the market opened. And it was very interesting how that number played a role all day long. And again, it's no accident or coincidence that it was right on top of, meaning that number was very close to the retest of that neckline from the inverse head and shoulders variety. Now, the number and the neckline have nothing to do with each other. That's why it was so important. We'll get back to that later. If they start getting below the neckline, it's going to open the door for lower stuff. Lower than today's lows opens the door for at minimum, and I stress minimum of 368. Put that on a sticky note. Below 368 is 367.35. You saw that number on the board earlier. That's still an important place. Below that, 
opens the door for some other stuff, namely 366, and if below that, all the way down to the low of the last breakup candle in the sequence, the low here is 363.54, and that's our stair step in preparation for game time Friday morning. I gave you the round numbers, not to the exact penny. It's good enough for the free video. Inside the number members, we'll have the precise information. Now, what else is jumping off the chart? Well, there is something else jumping off the chart, and I find it interesting. Again, no accidents or coincidences. Let's take a look at what we've got. So yesterday's close happened at 374.87. Today's high happened at 374.20. So the question is, why couldn't they go fill the gap? They could have. They made a couple of rally attempts intraday. However, they chose not to do it. That's a signal of weakness or. There's always an or. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. So we have to look at both sides of the tape. A number one it's weakness first, and if they're down here at the neckline of the inverse head and shoulders pattern, and they start getting below it tomorrow, now we know the numbers that they'll be headed to to run some testing, which may be during the morning shakeout operation or part of the Friday follies if we're going to get one of those. The other side of not filling the gap today is that the ultimate destination on another bounce is higher and the gap is just a way station. They're playing games and they're going to either get through it tomorrow, gap above it, or be doing something else entirely. So now we're pretty interesting place in time, both not only on the look of the chart and price, but also in time. So remember, a couple of things going on. We're running a test of the inverse head and shoulders neckline. If they're going to bounce off, they're going to bounce off. And we could see another leg higher that looks like this. So we have a run up, a pullback. They get over and create the head and shoulders or inverse head and shoulders pattern. They run up, they get to 390, the 100 period moving average. They pull back to run a test of the neckline and they can have another leg higher. That's one of the possible schematics. Another possible schematic is they've already run their course from a northbound lane perspective. They're going to get below the inverse head and shoulders pattern, close below it, invalidate the pattern, forget about the upside, and we're going to be focused on back to a sell the rip environment. Another thing on the docket, we have the election coming up. It's on the 8th. It's next week. So what's going to happen? Originally, the concept was, or one of the thoughts was, they could trade up into the election. Well, that's not happening at present unless they quickly get going to the upside and then trade up for the next couple of days into the election. That is a possibility. However, the other side of that is, can they trade down into the election? Will the election be an accelerant? Or will the election results be a reversal part for the market? or none of the above. It doesn't have to work that way. These are awarenesses. Whenever we come into these important things, we have to be aware of them. We're expecting. The unexpected is one thing. The expectation is something different. We're expecting some kind of turn if we're trading up or down right into the election. That would be normal garden variety market behavior. 
You don't know whether they'll turn on Tuesday. You don't know whether they'll turn on Wednesday, maybe Thursday, but something in that neighborhood, we would expect the market to trade up or down into it and then have some kind of a pullback slash the other side is relief rally out of it. Normal garden variety market behavior. Put it on a sticky note. We're looking at a 240 chart. We'll just take a look at something else. We have a garden variety Fibonacci retracement at 50% that happened to go right into the inverse head and shoulders neckline. Funny how that works. We're just looking at a different time frame, same routine. And I just wanted to accentuate the point that the market is still trading normally. It's using the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, the market does the normal stuff. That doesn't mean you know when it's going to go up or when it's going to go down exactly. But when you see things like this, it made a garden variety 50% retracement at the neckline of the inverse head and shoulders pattern. Doesn't that start to smell, at least from an intraday perspective, from a scalp trade with potential perspective, doesn't that at least smell like the beginning, if not a full stack type of situation? Yeah, about a 120 chart. On this chart, the market put in a sign or signal of a trend change. This is one of them. This is discussed in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. We go over this stuff in detail because it's how you build a full stack. What are they doing now based on this 120-minute chart? Well, they've been making a bearish pattern all day, selling them off into the close. It's always how they close them. So it was certainly a negative connotation for a negative close. Let's check out what happened inside the numbers. Did we have a beat on the numbers? Were members able to make money today based on the information provided? Let's go find out. After a post-Kabuki thrashing yesterday or trashing, we will get bear follow-through or a DCB or a rescue operation. Which one will it be? Here's the way it works from here. Below 375.90, the door is open for the bears to explore and test some lower stuff. So that happened. So we have a benchmark from a bear standpoint for the morning session. This morning, we're using a zone of support between 371.15 and 370, give or take. Five-minute chart, right of the vertical is today's activity. Here's your zone that was sighted at zero dark 30. You can see what happened already. We have a support zone. You can see what happened early in the morning. They took the market down. It was a continued from the pre-market meltdown operation. They came into the zone. They tested both numbers. They bounced away back up in the northern direction. Start closing candles below 370, it opens the door for another leg lower. We'll get more into that as you can see when the day gets underway. We have rescue operation information, but we didn't need that. So you'll see that come up later on as the market does begin to bounce. They're going through a morning meltdown routine. This is at nine o'clock below 371.35, opens the door for the big fat round number of 370. And if below, we'll begin to open the door for lower stuff. We're not saying they get there out of the chute, meaning that's kind of one of those bigger time numbers. You don't expect them to just run right down there. They usually have some kind of bounce or rally operation first, and that number wasn't visited today anyway, but it is still important, so keep it on a sticky note. It would have been what I would call 
the end of the line today, most likely. But check this out. Right here at 9 o'clock, 30 minutes before the opening bell, it's likely 371.35 will be our early pivot. Now you look at things a little bit differently. I've moved the upper line to 371.35, and you can see here just how important that area, that number was. Once above, they continue to test it and bounce off of it, and then at the end of the day, just in the last few minutes of trading, they run down and close below it. It's an important number. That's representative of a pivot all the way from the first five-minute candle of the day on forward. One thing is, and you'll see this also in the notes in a few moments, is that once they get below the pivot, they get to the next support area or next important number, the odds on, and this is again using the 80-20 rule because we can, because they do the same stuff over and over and over again all the time, this is one of the ways we use the pivot. They get to the next support below the pivot, eventually they're going to want to fight back to run a test of the pivot. Sometimes they get back above it, sometimes they get rejected. Today they got back above it. But that running a test of the pivot, and you'll see it right after the opening bell, that's one of those garden variety pivot slash morning trades. Let's continue on, see what we have at 921. Just in case they flush slash continue the meltdown, I would be a buyer at 367.35, just wanted to put that out there. Doesn't mean they will get there, but if they did get there, I'm in there with three hands. However, here's the other thing. There's support around 369, give or take. They could also bounce the tape there. Jury is out until we see the open and get a handle on the early storyline. Let me repeat this one more time. There's support around 369, give or take. They could bounce the tape there. How you doing? The lower line is at 369, give or take. Low of day, 368.79. We didn't know that would be low of day, but as you'll see in a few moments, there were really three numbers that they were going to bounce the tape at. It was going to be one of the three numbers. And here it is at 932. This is the thing from the other thing. 371.35 is the pivot and overhead resistance at this point. While they're below, that's the way it works. They'll want to run a test at some point in a snapback operation. They did it pretty much a couple of minutes later, like at 9.34, and there's the snapback operation discussed. Read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. So now we know another thing. The pivot is the pivot. Whether they bounced back to it or not, some traders got that trade from the 369 area. Fair enough. Now, if they get above, that's one market, meaning 371.35. If they stay below, that's a different market. Let's move along. 951, this is the post I was referring to before. They can bounce the tape around 369, give or take. The better buy is at 367.35. That's the more conservative buy. That's what I'm saying here. I know some traders will buy all three numbers if they want to. That's fine. Trader's choice. 369, give or take. 368, give or take, 369.35 are the numbers. They can and will bounce at one of them. And obviously, they did that. And therefore, we're moving along. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. Again, another retest of 371.35. You'll see this repeated over and over and over again. 
closing candles above or simply pushing above opens the door for 372.35. They did that. My job is not to read this to you. My job is to find those that are interested, highlight a few things, and then those that want to put in the work will go and read the notes and double check the work back on the charts. Those are the traders. Those are the people that realize anything in life worth doing takes putting in the work. Once you have an understanding of the entire thing, the three-legged stool, if you will, the foundation of how markets work, lazy e-mini trader. You watch these videos each and every night. I give you bits and pieces from the course. We put it all together. I show you where full stacks exist, how they get developed, and then you can begin to identify them on your own inside the numbers is the PhD of the entire situation. Pause the video. Read the notes. Can they fill the gap today around 374.85? They can. They came close. We talked about it before. They made the run, but the choice and everything in life and the market, it's all intertwined, is a choice. The participants made a choice not to go there and were moving along. Here's another one, by the way. I want to circle back to the 1025 post. Awareness. The hourly chart is trying to put in a sign or signal of a trend change. The hour closes at 1030. So this is a few minutes. I'm eyeballing the thing. I'm preparing. We're in the pre-hourly close warm-up routine. Traders can trade against the low on the long side if they do, meaning close the hour in that type of formation as taught in the course. They can float up later and fill the gap at 374.85. Again, they didn't get there, but they came close. And therefore, you're taking profit along the way. There was plenty of meat on that bone. So the question is, why not? Why can't they fill the gap? Well, they could have. Closing candles below the low would be the incorrect trade. Garden variety retracement is normal. So this is at 1025 before the hour closes. Just to give you a sense of where we were, this is at 1025. That candle closed at 371.69. They did it pretty quickly. They ran up to a high in this particular push, 373.69. That's a nice little intraday number. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. It's all in here. How about we go and circle back to stocks on the move? We only had one that hit its entry objective today. That happens, but there just wasn't a lot of stuff Despite the small meltdown occurring in the pre-market and right around the opening bell, there wasn't a ton of stuff moving into interesting numbers. There was some stuff moving, but they weren't coming into specific and important numbers. We'll take a look at LNC. Doesn't look like much. Big time haircut at the opening bell, down 30% or so at the open, or at least where the number was, 33% where the number was, 3579 they creeped into it. It's the manner in which conversation. They bounced off of it. They gave the base hit. They gave about a buck bounce off the number, but they creeped into it. It's not the manner in which. However, the takeaway is what? You got it. The numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, they came into a number. I believe I put that on the board last night or maybe before. Anyway, anyway, you have to look at it. Here's what they actually did. The number is the number. They also had a breakup candle low in the sequence corresponding with a 20-period moving average. The breakup candle low is all the way down at 173.56. The moving average is where it is, and the low today, 174.11, and the bounce. They did, by chance, 
fill the gap. So we have a divergence from the IWM perspective to the SPY perspective. Camp IWM fills the gap. The SPY folks do not, by choice, but do not. If they fall tomorrow in the Camp IWM situation, 172.70 would be the number I would put on a sticky note. Below that, 171.40 is also important. Again, another sticky note or the same one. What's the number where IWM would give a signal if it was going to be pulling one of these situations where the market goes up, pulls back, goes up, pulls back. Each time it pulls back, everybody thinks the rally's over. Then all of a sudden, somehow, some way, it goes up again. What's that number that would trigger us to think that it's actually starting to do this type of thing and has legs and could potentially move higher one more time? What is that number? 179.25. Put that on a sticky note and smoke it. Speaking of divergences, my second favorite market leading indicator, does anybody know what the A number one is? Yep, it's the IWM, we just looked at it, but this one also has the moniker of being my favorite canary in the coal mine. So guess what? Divergence, speaking of divergences. So this was up almost 1% today. In all these markets, the weekly close is going to be very telling. So I will be doing a lot of work over the weekend, at minimum, of just assessing where the weekly closes were. Did they kill them into the close of the week, or did they try and rally them back over some important stuff? That would be one signal versus another. The weekly close is important. Divergence from the transport people. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes, so now, instead of the divergence, from the folks down at the transportation department, we have the Q people that are absolutely looking terrible. They've broken that rising wedge situation we talked about before, and the bottom channel part was over here. So look what happens as soon as they break the low, they're headed right down to the former lows. So without a bounce in the Qs, nothing's doing. If they get below that low in the Qs, Everything else is going down, and we have another leg lower underway. And then from an S&P perspective, the larger head and shoulders pattern will be in the process of being completed. The tech space looks weak. From one divergence to another to another, the financials, even though they were down today, they don't look that weak. So maintaining price above the convergence of those moving averages the 20, the 50, and the 100, that's still a positive sign. There's no reason we can't have another rally leg in the financials. Now, if the rest of the market's going to come down, and this is what it would look like, obviously, maybe it comes down into the moving averages, but if the rest of the market's going to come down, then it's likely the financials are going to come down, and then they're going to get below the convergence of those moving averages, and then it's going to change the complexion of the tape, at least from a financials or XLF perspective. Let me just throw this one out there. What's the last breakout area in the sequence? Well, it's the same thing we talked about in the SPY, but it just so happens that we haven't even got there yet. So they haven't yet run a test of the most recent breakout area, which, oh, by the way, happens to coincide with, yep, you guessed it, the convergence of the moving averages. It's kind of funny how all this works. So you can see where that, from an XLF perspective, begins to look and feel and smell like a full stack. Throw some maple syrup on top, maybe a little stick of butter. 
What about Smash Mouth? We got that same rising wedgish thing going on here, and wherever you want it to break, it broke. It already broke below the 20-period moving average, which is now, once again, the last line of defense from a moving average perspective. This looks very, very similar to the Q people. If you just looked at this, even though it's a weekly chart, let's say you looked at it from an hourly perspective, you say, yeah, they're probably going lower. Well, from a weekly chart perspective or a daily chart perspective or a 240 or a monthly, it doesn't matter. A chart is a chart is a chart. They all act and react the same way. That's one of the things that we teach in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. And by the way, I prove that point with a chart that's blank with nothing on it. And then we do an exercise where I prove the point that the chart, the vehicle makes no difference. Getting below this low here, certainly on a weekly close, opens the door for another leg lower. At minimum, from a weekly chart perspective, they have to maintain price above if they can, for the bull case at least, that 200 period moving average. Losing that, and it's just a matter of when. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.